0: Breaking down the stigma of pursuing mental health and making it a priority, improving and saving lives. My guest today is Olympic gold medalist swimmer Bria Larson. Bria graduated from Texas A&M in 2014 with a bachelor of science in psychology, and 2016 with a master's in sports management. She's an 18 times NCAA Division I All-American. 10 times American record holder, eight times national champion, a 2012 Olympic gold medalist in the 4x100 medley relay, a 2013 World Championship gold medalist also in the 4x100 medley relay, and a 2014 Pan Pacific Games bronze medalist. As with a few of my former guests, I had the opportunity to work with Bria at Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College in a 10-day program for transitioning military and elite athletes called Next Step. We got to know one another there, but we're going to learn a lot more about Bria on today's episode of the Veterans Path Podcast. Welcome to the show, Bria. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to have you on uh, the show and get to know you a little bit better than I got to know you at Tuck and, and learn all about your swimming career and your use of meditation and, and really what you've been doing since uh, Tuck and then and then what's next for you.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. (laughs) Either way.
0: All right. That said, uh, before we get into the questions, I'm starting every show by letting our listeners know what we do at Veterans Path and why we're doing this show. Veterans Path, we introduce veterans to meditation and mindfulness, typically in outdoor settings, so they can rediscover peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor. And that's where the word path, P-A-T-H, peace, acceptance, transformation, and honor in our name comes from. And the point of this podcast is to make people more aware of what we do to increase support and attendance at our retreats while simultaneously reducing the stigma around seeking mental health support. Listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Okay, I will get into the questions. So I know you have been super busy since we last talked. Uh, What have you been up to since Tuck?
1: Um, so I actually moved to Los Angeles. I was in Phoenix before, um, but my, I had a switching of coaches and so I made the move out here and have just been trying to get settled and get into the groove of, of training with the team at, uh, University of Southern California with Dave Salo.
0: So when, when did that change and that move happen?
1: It happened right around the beginning of October. Um, but it was, it was pretty crazy since then. Um, so I was part of the international swim league, the ISL, and it's the first year they've launched it, um, which has been really great. And they're, they're going to try and make professional swimming, uh, more of a thing, Um, before we had just kind of been at the mercy, uh, to FINA, which is the, the world governing agency for swimming. Mm -hmm. And so we have no, no say over how much money we can earn. It's all kind of by, by chance of who's in the best shape and, and who can get away with having fast swims in the middle of the season to try and put dinner on the table. Um, but with ISL, it actually gives you a, a, a physical stipend every time you go to a competition plus the prize money. So it's much more stable. Um, so I've been traveling a lot around for that. Uh, we have one in Dallas, Budapest and DC.
0: Nice. Good for you. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. that was one of the things we discussed for Olympic athletes and professional athletes is the like the perception from um we mere mortals uh is that <laughs> is that um quite honestly is that you guys are set. Um and mm-hmm. I learned while we were there at Tuck that it is not that way financially for you. You guys have a battle uh, that you have to overcome. In, I think I think you mentioned something about the top twelve in the world. If I'm not mistaken, like that's how you yeah. that's how you get your stipend is you have to be in the top twelve mm-hmm. in the world. And even when you said that, it didn't really um, hit home with me that it was top twelve in the world. I was thinking top twelve on the team or top twelve in America. And then I was like, oh wow, that's top twelve in the world. And that can yeah. be separated by mere hundreds or even thousands of a second. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah you guys uh have uh, a very unique uh battle that we that we certainly don't appreciate from from our side of things so the ISL yeah. that's recently been stood up
1: yes um by just one person um he's pretty incredible his name is Constantine and um he is funding everything for 3 years so there's four teams in the US and four teams in Europe and and basically what they're trying to set up is Giving us more screen time on TV, so a lot of the um, the competitions are, I think, on ESPN three. Um, and so, if we have more screen time, then you can get more fans. We have more fans, and sponsors are more interested. And then sponsors, basically, from there, will help fund a lot of the events and kind of make it more self sustaining.
0: Nice. And that's what's mm-hmm. what's in it for him.
1: He just left swimming. Nice. Was, <laughs> was he a swimmer? Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, no, his son actually swims for uh, Cal Berkeley and he he just has a lot of money to throw around and he likes investments. And so he, he had this dream of, of making this swim league um, and making it more of, um, you know, like a a health related organization. And so I think his big dream behind it is. To get more people involved and more people swimming, you know, because everyone, all the football fans out there aren't all able bodied enough to play football. Right. Um, but every swim fan out there can learn how to swim because it's such a, a great exercise. It's easy on the joints, and um, pretty much anyone who can learn how can get a good exercise from swimming.
0: So, is that something that you knew about when you were at Tuck? Um, because I know you were talking yeah. about starting up mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of an organization of your own where you wanted mm-hmm. to kind of start people getting more interested in swimming. So that is something you knew about beforehand. Um, yes. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So mm-hmm. um, if you're okay with it, I kind of want to go back in time here and, and start uh, kind of, you talked about people starting to swim. When did you actually start, mm-hmm. start swimming?
1: Um, so I did summer rec growing up, you know, I would, I would swim every summer for two months or so. Um, and then some high school seasons, but high school seasons are typically about two months again, but I didn't start swimming club until I was about 17 years old, my senior year of high school.
0: And, and you knew then that you wanted to be an Olympian or how did you work towards becoming an Olympian?
1: Well, I, uh, so (laughs) how I kind of start the 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 fun little spiel is um, I remember watching gymnastics as a kid growing up and just being absolutely fascinated by them, just how beautiful and strong and powerful they were. Um, and so I, I remember doing cartwheels in their front yard every single day until I was like 12 years old and six feet tall <laughs> <laughs> and realizing that it probably took a little bit more than that uh, to make the Olympic team, you know, doing cartwheels in the front yard. So, um, <laughs> I started playing more sports and, um, when my coach, my first day, um, on the, the club team, he asked me if I had any Olympic dreams. And when I kind of told him was like, well, you know, I wanted to be a gymnast when I was younger, but it didn't really turn out. And he said, well, swimming is just like gymnastics. And he started going through this, this, new perspective of how instead of looking at the water and just seeing a black line back and forth, you're actually seeing a dance routine, you know, and every motion has to have so much power and finesse with the perfect angle and, and the right rhythm. Um, you know, and he just started to use the right vocabulary that I started getting really interested in making every practice a lot more entertaining. Uh, you know, it gave it more purpose. And, and I think really just perspective was the big thing. Um, and I just, started to light it up from there, um, I started dropping about a second every meet, and by the end of my my high school season, my senior year with that club, um, I had dropped enough time to to get attention from texas a and m and was able to get a scholarship there
0: nice nice mm-hmm. so, so uh, you kind of touched on a part that I, I really want to get into down the down the road or down the mm-hmm. down the conversation is that black line and Uh, I was going to talk about this down the conversation, but may as well talk about it now since you hit on it. Um, You -hmm. you talked about every motion kind of being a a part of a dance routine and how you have to be very focused on every single motion and how Mm -hmm. uh, that that in and of itself is is being mindful and being mindful. um, And you are Mm -hmm. you have to be very focused on the present. You can't be thinking about you know, what, what you did yesterday or what you screwed up yesterday or what you may screw up tomorrow. You have to be focused on the very, the here and the now. So uh, I think that's very interesting. I want to talk about your your training sessions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, well, hold on. I, I, so talking about the whole black line and, and uh, <laughs> your focus on that, I do want to talk about before we get into your training sessions, I got a funny story to tell. And it's, it's about you and, uh, you know, all of us when we were goofing off in the pool. So uh, for the listeners, when we were at uh, Tuck, uh, there's a program there called Tuck Next Step that's at Dartmouth College. Um, it's it's at their business school, Tuck, and it's, it's for transitioning military and, and elite athletes. And it's really interesting because, like, the first couple of days or maybe the first day, first part of the first day, All the athletes are on one side of the room and all the veterans are on the other side of the room because that's what we have in common. We know birds of a a feather flock together. Um, But through the the next day, we kind of are forced to integrate, you sit next to an athlete if you're a veteran and vice versa and and you end up talking and you find out that you share a lot of commonalities. Transition out of the military is very similar in, in some ways to transition out of being an elite athlete where you've been where you've been hyper-focused on something for so long, and now you're transitioning to something completely different. So anyway, um, I'm getting way off track here. Um, one mm-hmm. morning, uh, Bria kind of asked uh, us if we wanted to go swimming. Uh, and sure, why not? I, you know, I'm a big, bad Navy SEAL, and we had some other Navy SEALs and some Navy EOD in the, in the class with us. So me and some of those guys go down to the pool with Bria and um, – uh, Jared Port who's the Aussie male swimmer there so we start and uh we start swimming and we quickly realize that we've bought off or bitten off more than we can chew and and um so the the guys who were veterans the guys and and um there were some other athletes there uh Taylor Ritzel, uh, Olympic rower I think we all realized that we are not the swimmers so we kind of started goofing off and did our own kind of fun relays and I wanted to get a picture of us goofing off on one side of the pool, and then Jared and Bria swimming on the other. And so I go over there, and, and I take a picture, and I'm like, man, these swimmers, they're pretty legit. They're pretty serious about their, their swimming. We're over here goofing off, and they're, they're over here swimming. But little did I know, when I look at the picture later, and, and Bria pointed this out, she was totally photobombing me. Like, you could see this huge <laughs> smile on, on her face. <laughs> even when she was training she was having fun with us from the other side of the pool and then and then she stopped her training and she and jared come over to our side of the pool and she's like hey you want to learn how to jump into a swim cap i'm like what jump into a swim cap and sure enough <laughs> you, you can in fact physically jump into a swim cap in the pool and then uh, also she taught us how to do some underwater uh bubble rings so sorry <laughs> got way off script there um Probably way longer than our our audience wants to know. but I I thought it was great just how much fun you guys can have while at the same time being very serious about your training sessions. So I'll get back into the questions. Um, so does your mind ever wander during those training sessions, and how do you stay focused?
1: It definitely does, um, and it's it's kind of funny. So I've I've been more into the app Headspace lately, oh, yeah. um, just having a little bit more more guided uh, meditations. And it's pretty funny. I'm, I do really well in the, the shorter term um, time limits. But then when I try and go a little bit longer, I, I definitely wander off a bit. <laughs> um, and for me, it's kind of the same in the water. I'm, I'm more of a sprinter. And so when my coach gives me specific directions, um, I can focus really, really well, on you know, just focusing on the little details. And it's kind of like an electric pulse. You know, every time your hands enter the water, you're thinking almost every cubic inch all the way through to your toes. Um, just about that, that one pulse of emotion. Um, but I, I can tell when I wander off a bit because um, I'll hit the wall and then it'll take me a second to realize when the next interval is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so like the next time the clock tells me when I need to go on my next repetition. Right. Um, and so it's, I, I, I do lose sight every once in a while and I'll get a little bit lazy. Uh, but luckily a lot of my sets are pretty short. Um, so I can kind of keep track a little bit, but it, it is funny. I remember when you sent over those questions, um, I was thinking about it. I was like, it, swimming really is, uh, a lot like meditation and being able to, to focus on that one simple thing over and over. And, you know, when you get a little bit better at it, um, you become stronger.
0: Right. And, and, you know, you mentioned, uh, you, you, these are your words, not mine. You said get a little lazy and I, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't see that in you, but anyhow, Uh, So you got a little lazy. That's what happens in meditation is you kind of get a little lazy Mm -hmm. Your mind wanders off, but then you come back to that focus point whether it's your breath Whether it's some other sensation or whatever Maybe it's a mantra if you're doing some type of transcendental meditation, but that process in and of itself is You know when you notice that your mind is wandering and then coming back so in the swimming you notice that you may have gotten a little lazy and, and maybe gotten a little behind on one of your intervals but then mm-hmm. you come back that is in and of itself a form of meditation i guess so yeah yeah definitely a lot of parallels there so um in in preparation for races what does your mm-hmm. mental preparation consist
1: of a lot of it is visualization Um, so I, I do a lot of motivational speeches for for younger athletes and the biggest thing that I always like to teach is that you are always the winner in your head. So you go over the scenario of what you want, you know, whether, whether it be you're going into a test or you're going into a conversation for a race, um, you practice all the different scenarios in your head and you can, I mean, with swimming, you can get as specific as getting a stopwatch out and then try and hit the stopwatch when you're done. You know, like sometimes you can get good enough with that to where you you think you dive in and you just know the rhythm of how many breaths you take, how long each stroke should take, and you can get it pretty spot on um, to try and break a world record in your head. Um, And so when you get good at at doing that, um, and the number one rule is you always win. No one ever has the right or privilege to beat you in your own head, (laughs) you know, and I know a lot of the time they say uh, the, the race is won before it starts. yeah. And in a sense, that's true. Um, but you have to think the winners don't ever let anyone else win when they're visualizing. Of course. You know? So if you have a goal um, and you're using visualization to help you with it, and I, I think that's one of the hardest things to do and to keep yourself accountable and, and strengthening your brain in that way because no one can see it. You know, like you can go to the gym and do arm curls for days, and everyone will be able to see the physical gains, and you'll see the physical gains. Um, and so it's it's more gratifying. Um, but if you tell everyone you meditate, but you know you don't really have time to sit down for ten minutes a day, you're not going to get any better at it, and no one will be able to keep you accountable. But those who are able to stay strong in that routine we'll see the benefits down the road. And you know, cause it's just like any other exercise, you're not gonna see it in a week, and right. you're not gonna, you may not see it in a month, but eventually you'll be able to look back and say, huh. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I, see, I see the benefits now. It's
0: cumulative effect, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now you've gone through this training, you've been training for months, uh, years, however long for each event. Now you're in the starting block or on the starting block What's, what's Mm -hmm. going through your mind just before that? Is there some visualization going on there or is that all that's already happened?
1: Um, Really? It's already happened. Um, The best thing you can do if you, if you've done enough um, mental work throughout your training and and visualization and meditation before you can usually turn off your brain and just let instincts take over.
0: Yeah. 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 Lauren and I uh, had Nicole Roundy on the show as well, and they kind of mentioned mm-hmm. the same things. So a whole lot of visualization, and then, and then right before either the gun goes off or before they launch out of the, their starting blocks, they're very focused and very uh, quiet. So mm-hmm. um, what lessons have you learned from your swimming career that have translated into your life outside of the pool?
1: You know, I think that being fully engaged is the best way to be successful. Um I've had the the knack of picking up too many things to do. Um <laughs> yep. you know and and uh it it doesn't really help when you're trying to be the best at too many different things, you're going to be pretty average at all of them. Right. Um and so when I when I had to kind of take my training more seriously after coming out of college, um I became obsessive over everything. You know, I I have this internal clock in my head telling me when I need to go to bed so I have enough sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we go out to eat and automatically I see everything on the menu that I shouldn't have. And it's not, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything because I'm so dedicated to to eating healthy that it's not even tempting. You know, and, and can you imagine just that type of focus, like all the positive thoughts, always thinking, of how you can make yourself better, if you were to take that kind of focus and that that kind of dedication into something else, just imagine how much more powerful you would be at it yeah. you know and I think that's that's one of the biggest things um as an elite athlete is being able to go that extra mental step constantly all the time you know it's 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 invaluable um, just imagine how much better everyone would be at their jobs if they got eight hours of sleep a night,
0: yeah right you know. Absolutely, and, and I
1: know it's not always feasible for everybody, but just taking that kind of attitude and and, and trying to make the sacrifices and uh, just doing everything you can to to make it better. Right, where where your priorities are.
0: Sure, sure. And, um, I want to get a little more. Uh, I want to get into a little bit more depth here, um, no, no pun intended. Uh, but but first, <laughs> I want to put in a quick plug for our sponsors. Okay, welcome back. I'm here with Olympic gold medalist, swimmer Bria Larson. We've been discussing her training and mental preparation for competing, and now I wanna go into her dealing with adversity. So, Bria, what obstacles or adversity have you faced in your life and or career?
1: Uh, Well, the the first one, it was kind of a bummer, (laughs) Um, was my uh, Olympic final. And in my Olympic final, I was completely prepared and confident, ready to go. I remember visualizing the start of the race over and over and how to have the perfect entry into the water. And we, we go out there, and it's, it's pretty nerve-wracking because at the Olympics, at least for swimming, <laughs> you have a, <laughs> you have a bunch of ready rooms. And the ready room just consists of a couple of officials who check to make sure all of your gear is legal. Mm -hmm. And they'll have like certain stickers on the suits that you have to have, uh, making sure that you have all legal caps and goggles. Um, And then you go to the next ready room and then the next ready room. And you're in the final ready room, ready to go. And uh, um, everyone is pretty nervous. Some, you know, some are, are doing meditation right there. Um, trying to calm down for the race, some are listening to music and jumping around. It kind of depends on your preference mm-hmm. um, and I remember I was so calm, I was so calm and nervous at the same time, and we go out there and we you know wave to the crowd, there's like forty thousand people in the stadium, which is a lot for swimming. <laughs>
0: that's a ton um, and never mind how many people are watching on t v yeah,
1: yeah, and uh. So we get behind the blocks, we get up on, we, you know, make sure we unfog our goggles, we stick them straight to our head and we take our mark and I hear the buzzer and I jump. And while I'm still in the air, I realized that he never said, take your mark. Oh, jeez.
0: Okay. And
1: while I'm still in the air, I hit the water and I, I checked the other side of the pool to see if there were bubbles from other swimmers jumping in. Nobody there. And I realized I was the only one I jumped in. Ah. Yeah. Yikes. And and so I, I realized I had three options at that point. One, stay underwater forever. <laughs> Not an option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two, swim the race because I know the buzzer went off. And if I'm the only one that swims and I hit the wall and I finish my race, I want to get the gold medal.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, you know, or, or three, come up and see what happened. And and before this, I remember finding it so exciting to get on the Jumbotron because when you were in the races, you get on the Jumbotron yeah. and, you know, you can say, hi, mom, I love you. Um, and I remember just slowly looking at the Jumbotron and just getting the huge image of my face, just very shocked. Uh. And I was mortified. I had no idea what to do. Um, no one was breathing. You know, you could hear a pin drop and uh, I slowly got out of the water and waved to the crowd and a couple of people nervously applauded, still not knowing what to do, um, and no one ever said anything. No one said a thing. So and uh, get
0: back on the block, and, I mean, I how did, many yeah, false starts? You, you do get a false. Well, start. It
1: was so it wasn't technically. You don't get a you don't get a false start. If okay. you false start, you're disqualified. Okay. But since the buzzer did go off, um, they still let me swim.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Um, yeah, it okay. was it was a technical malfunction. So <laughs> hmm. Um but yeah it was that was really strange and and I feel like that was it was very symbolic to me in and showing that not everything is always going to go your way you know and and sometimes you're going to make some mistakes on the biggest stage of your life <laughs> and then um
0: what actually ended up happening so now you're the you're the like the lead leg on on this mm-hmm. relay um, mm-hmm. jump in. So that was
1: my individual event.
0: Okay, individual. Event. My
1: my yeah my individual event. So so I was I was um, projected to get top three, and I got sixth place. So that was was pretty mortifying at yeah. that place because no one cares about sixth place. You know, it doesn't right. matter. <laughs> right. um, in the in the relay, we did get gold, and and that was a, was an incredible experience. Um, but you know, it was it was pretty embarrassing to realize that millions of people could be watching, and mm-hmm. I just dove in. And right. it was, um, it was tough. Yeah, um, but outside it doesn't sound of like that, it was your
0: fault. Uh, no but, no, but still that's that regardless, you're the only one in the pool. Now your mental state is completely shaken and you're in the final, mm-hmm. your individual final. So I can see how that, you know, if you're projected to get top three, that completely threw your, uh, your mental state off. So yikes! Mm-hmm. yeah, that would definitely be tough. And then after the race, how did you deal with that?
1: You know, I had to. I had. I definitely had my own little pity party for about forty seconds in the water when the race <laughs> was done. Yeah. Um, but I, I realized that there was still stuff to do. Yeah. You know, um, I still had a relay to get ready for, and my teammate had just gotten second place, and a little fifteen-year-old girl from Lithuania just got the gold medal. Um, and and then just kind of taking a step back and realizing what a spectacular moment in history I just got to be a part of. And at that point, I think I'd only been swimming year-round for three years, you know, and and I had almost no business in in being in that situation. And so just trying to be very thankful for the experience that I had. And that was really the only thing I could do, you know, Um, because I I didn't want anything to have a cast a shadow over my Olympic experience. Mm -hmm. And so... I just kind of had to to buck up and and learn from it and move on. And I never take my mark until they tell me to. Now, John, never.
0: <laughs> so you learned that, but at the same I time, did. I mean that that I mean that's tremendous sportsmanship on your part, and then mm-hmm. also just being able to be in the moment and say, okay, you know what, this is much bigger than me. This 15-year-old just won the gold. I'm happy yeah. for her, and then you're also happy for yourself in being a part of that. So, I mean, that's, uh, uh, and I've used this several times in the podcast, not this particular episode, but the the gratitude, the attitude of gratitude. uh, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a a huge thing to have, and you can be more resilient in having that type of attitude. So, good for you. Mm -hmm. So, as far as um, uh, some other things that we've talked about, while we were at Tuck, you mentioned some people being very harsh to you on social media, and maybe maybe some of that came from this particular event. Um, and I know some other other things were said on social media to you. How did how did that feel to you?
1: It's tough sometimes. Um, so in swimming itself, females tend to have bigger shoulders, and and I with my genetics, I build muscle very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm 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 very muscular, very vascular, and. I've had attacks on social media um claiming that uh I am not a woman, that you know, I, I am a disgrace to the sport trying to pose as one, um, that I should be kicked out, thrown in jail and just a lot of really terrible, nasty things. Jeez. And it's you know what I sometimes when I, I get these um I, I think to myself, how many people got this message, you know, was this mass produced mm-hmm. and just sent to any female athlete out there or was this targeted? Right. Um, cause the first time I got my worst one, it was the day of, uh, my, my, my best event at nationals. And so it seemed very targeted mm-hmm. and, um, it's, I don't know, it, it's just, it's very ugly to get those, you know, sure. it's kind of like, when you, when you watch a, a really bad scene in a movie, it's just kind of burned into your brain whether you like it or not. And uh, it was tough. Um, but, you know, I just, I had to think about it for a bit and say, this person does not know me and they might have a very hard life. <laughs> wow. You know, like they might not like their job very much. I like my job. And if my job, you know, causes me to, or not cause, uh, if my job allows me to, Simply have a physique like this, and I've, I've worked really hard for it. Why would I let some person who's ashamed to show their face allow them, like allow them, to tear me down? That's
0: great. Um, Good so again, to you. It's,
1: it's never, yeah, it's never great to get those, but every once in a while, you just have some people who are are looking for a fight, who just kind of right. troll the internet, and you just have to <laughs> keep it in perspective.
0: Well, that's a great perspective to have. So uh, I applaud you for that. That would be uh, that would be very <laughs> tough. Uh, wow. So we also discussed, and we've already discussed on this particular episode, some adversity that Olympians uh, and elite athletes have in general, and that's the mental struggle of transitioning from being an athlete Mm -hmm. to doing something else. Uh, Can you talk about that? And I know you're still competing, um, Mm -hmm. and now now it sounds like with the ISL, you're going to be doing that for a while, but can you talk about Mm -hmm. how you are preparing for that eventual transition, whether that's a year from now or whether it's several years from now?
1: Yeah, um so I the best piece of advice that I got that I, not everyone is is fortunate enough to, to actually use but um keep swimming until you find something else you're more passionate about. Now granted not everyone can afford to do that, um but I I think the important thing is to try and find more things to be passionate about. And I took about a 6 month break uh about a year year and a half ago. Um, to just kind of clear my head. And, and I got a job as an IT recruiter, and I absolutely hated it. Mm-hmm. It was very strange to, to be in that kind of environment just because half the time, um, you know, I was used as a show pony uh, when they wanted attention from clients. And then the other half, the, like the, the pride and just the egos in the room felt like they had to make me, like put me in my place You know, like just because you're an athlete doesn't mean it's like, and I never, I was very humble in the position, you know, like I'm sure I had my ego just like anybody, but it was very strange to be tossed around like that, you know, like look at, look at our show pony and then get back to work, you newcomer.
0: Oh, wow.
1: It was was very strange. And it was kind of a, yeah, it was, it was a little different. Um, And I, I think the hard part about the transition is, the, the difference in the attention and just being validated for your work, you know, because you, you get put on this pedestal um, of being one of the best athletes in the world. And then when you're done, the next athlete steps up to that pedestal and your resume gives you nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you may have some fans out there, but I remember when I was, I was looking around for a job. Um, I had one company bring me in for like five interviews and I was kind of, you know, I was getting my hopes up. I was like, wow, this is my fifth one. Like, this must be going really, really well. And, you know, I noticed someone else came in and they just asked a bunch of questions about the Olympics. Oh, and then wow. a couple of days later, yeah, they told me that they didn't have a place for me. And I was like, you literally wasted my time Yeah, totally. and brought me in because people just wanted to meet an Olympian. And it was so frustrating. And so I, I, get, I get into a, a mode sometimes where, I don't want it to be part of my identity. You know, I want to be seen as more than just an athlete. Because with that, you sometimes you'll get like a pity card, or you'll get the the jock, um, you know, kind of persona put on you. Um, and it's it's funny. Like the uh, a, a while back, um, I tried to pay for for a meal that I was with a group with, and and someone's like, oh no no no. No, I have a real job. Let oh, me wow. pay. And I was like, "Excuse me?" Sure <laughs> yeah, you know, I was just like, "You know, your job is to swim fast. Uh, I have a real job. Let me pay." And it was just kind of shocking, you know, just hearing things like that. And and a lot of the time they mean well. Um, but I guess at once you're out of college and you're you're doing it professionally, um, it's it's difficult to not be seen and taken seriously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, but so uh, as far as the identity piece, and I think this is where we we all kind of connected. A lot of us ha- have been identified as that as that military member or as that athlete, and how that transition um, is a it's a, a loss of identity in in one way, but at the same time, it's mm-hmm. at some point it's a it's almost a relief because I now you're like mm-hmm. okay, well now people can see me for more than. X, Y, or Z more than I am, you know, Navy SEAL, more than I'm Olympic gold medalist, more than I'm army ranger, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, uh, that is definitely, uh, a a tough kind of double edged sword. It's a, it's a good identity to have, but yeah, it's also tough to, to walk around with those, uh, I don't know, names and no, no faces or I don't know how to even describe it really. So, um, I wanted to, you talked about your use of headspace in your practice of meditation, Mm -hmm. and that's what I want to kind of get into now, if if you're okay with it. Um, Yeah. So your meditation practice, you've been using headspace. How long have you been meditating?
1: Honestly, I think really since I I started swimming. um, When my my, uh, club coach in high school kind of told me about visualization, I never really thought about it as meditation. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I... you know at every night or um quite a few nights a week i would take time to sit down and just try and clear my head focus on my breath and and visualize my race
0: and then as far as like after that visualizations what other forms mm-hmm. has your your meditation taken over the years
1: um le- whenever i have the opportunity to meditate in a group that's always really fun Um, with different people leading it, it always kind of brings you on a, like a different adventure, you know, for, for lack of better words. (laughs) Um, but it's always, it's always really interesting and, and enlightening. Um, when someone else kind of leads it, I remember, uh, we actually did one at talk and it was so interesting. I remember they were, they were, the meditation kind of took you through a journey of, of what you see yourself doing in the future. And, um, my mind went straight towards Christmas with my future kids.
0: Oh, no. And that way. was so really? wild
1: to me. Yeah. Yeah. So wild to me. I was like, what is that? And, you know, and, and it kind of just went through, and, and I just saw, I was just like, I want to have a job that is stable to provide a good Christmas. Nice. You know, it just kind of it was just really it was really interesting to to see where my brain kind of went with that and and just having similar experiences like that um with different groups where they just kind of go in one direction and and your brain even if it kind of veers off a little bit just having those simple messages um can kind of show you some things that you might have been you know subconsciously thinking of but didn't really become clear
0: right right so Going back to the obstacles and the adversity that you face, have, have you ever used meditation to, to deal with those?
1: Well, I, I have been in the past uh month or so. Um, LA is kind of a lonely city.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, the the traffic is pretty heavy so people don't really leave their house past four thirty. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's it's a little if you wanna if you wanna waste an hour or so sitting in traffic, but um I don't know. It's been a very, a pretty lonely experience so far. And so I've, I've kind of used meditation to, to calm my brain down to be able to think more clearly. Um, Cause you know, it'll, it'll get to the point where I even wonder like, why am I here? Yeah. You know, like is, is the next six months training like this worth it? Like, is this goal really worth it? Because it's just, it's so lonely sometimes. And, and um after some good meditation uh, you know, I, I I think about my why, you know, why are you doing this and, and write it down and then just kind of have a conversation with myself in my head on paper. Um, and it really helps kind of gear up the motivation again. Nice. So
0: mm-hmm. if uh, if you could send a message to your younger self, what would you say?
1: I think I would really go towards being more mindful. Yeah. And, and just having, yeah, and, and just having your your goals written out more and, and just seem just constantly trying to appreciate the process, um, of, of what life is, you know, like, um, it's so easy to let weekends slip by and not do anything, um, because you're tired. Sure. Um, and so I, I think I missed out on a lot of, of fun activities in college, um, you know, of just getting, getting together with teammates on like a Thursday night to, to watch a show and missing out on, on making those connections because, um, it was just easier not to. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, cause it was always going to be there. I was going to be in college forever and I could always make the next Thursday night. <laughs> um, and it and out so it's I,
0: not there forever.
1: I know that came up really quick. All of a sudden <laughs> right. I was graduated and out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so I'm, I'm trying to take more advantage of it now. And, and I, that's really one of the reasons why um i found tuck the the next step program and and just kind of went for it you know because you you can always do that later there there always seem to be opportunities that you can go and find but you know i I wanted to be more present um and start taking advantage of everything right now and and it's difficult and it's hard and sometimes you have to make a lot of sacrifices to do those um but you know i wouldn't trade the experiences that i've had for anything The, the experiences that i went for anyways
0: yeah yeah Besides that jumping in the pool early, although you learned a lot. Oh,
1: yeah. I did learn a lot, but, you know, if I had another medal, I wouldn't complain. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So um, we're starting to come to the end of the show here. Uh, And obviously, we're going to keep an eye out for Bria Larson in the pool. And I know uh, at Tuck, you had some great business ideas. Where else Mm -hmm. should we be keeping an eye out for Bria Larson?
1: So um, I do a lot of swim clinics, and, and I absolutely love them. Um, this year I'm going to be staying more in California because uh, it's kind of taking a toll on my training to travel so much. Um, but if you have any um, camps of kids or, or big office um, corporate gatherings, um, I, I love doing motivational speaking. It's my absolute favorite. Um, I've been able to do a couple of events for like the Red Heart Association, um, ASIA. They're one of my sponsors, and just a lot of of different um, high school sports, just to kind of be able to go in there and and kind of give examples of Olympic mindsets and what you can do to increase your productivity and and mental capacity.
0: Right. Now, are those, can you see those anywhere online that, that uh, you've given a motivational speech that we could
1: look up somewhere? I'm working on the YouTube channel. All right, good. good. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I should be starting a vlog here pretty soon. I've been telling more people to, to make me more accountable. So
0: <laughs> that's. Um, I, I, put, I put something on social media last night because I know once I put it on social media, then... Then I feel like I have to do it, and uh, I've got this. Mm-hmm. I've got this album that I'm uh, working on. It's a it's a motivational music album. I don't make the music; I just do the speaking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I was like, if I don't put it on social media, it's never going to happen. So, um, yeah, yeah. As far as social media, um, if somebody wanted to get in in touch with you, how can they follow you, or how can they get in touch with you?
1: Uh, so all of my social media handles are just Bria Larson, B R E E J A L A R S O N. Um, luckily outside of Brie Larson, the actress, no one else has my name, so (laughs) it's pretty easy to find. All right. You wouldn't believe how many times I get tagged with her images. Oh, really? Yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um, yeah, I, uh, if I, if anyone were to send me a message, I, I respond pretty well if it's an actual question. Yeah. Um, if someone just says, Hey, I tend not to respond. So if you have a question, ask a question.
0: (laughs) Well, Bria, this is uh this has been awesome. You rock. Uh, I know you're super busy, so thank you so much for taking some time out of, of your busy yeah, schedule
1: to for be on the of show.
0: Me. And and I know you, uh people hearing from people like yourself uh that you practice meditation, uh that's gonna help to break the stigma and, and hopefully open others' minds to to trying it out. Mm-hmm. So thanks again. Yeah, I, you
1: know, in, in in closing, I wanna say too, if anyone isn't quite sold on meditation, um, I, I think your brain is the strongest muscle in your body. You know, you can, you can take it from an athlete's perspective or even a, a corporate job. If someone goes in there with the right mindset, they can accomplish so much more. Um, so, so, so strengthening true. your brain through meditation can lead to so much more success than people realize.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. So thank you again, Priya. As far as for our Mm -hmm. listeners, thank you for listening to our show. Please check out Veterans Path online at veteranspath.org. And we too are on social media. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and Twitter. And remember, listeners can directly support Veterans Path by clicking on the support button on the podcast or by visiting veteranspath.org forward slash donate. Thank you all and have a blessed day. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Veterans Path Podcast. Please follow us on social media and think about sharing your story with us there and potentially on the show. Together, we can make mental health a priority, improving and saving lives.